Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast. I'm Abby, and this is our sixth episode in our second summer short series. The aim of the series is to bring you weekly bite-sized episodes through July and August, covering different papers that our team at the Centre for Appearance Research have published recently. I'm here today with Nicola Stock, who is Associate Professor at CAR. Welcome back to the podcast, Nicola. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me back. So could you please tell me what paper we're talking about today? Yes. So the title of the paper is Feasibility and acceptability of the promoting resilience in stress management intervention for caregivers of children with craniofacial conditions. So nice and short and snappy there. (laughs) Great. And did you have any co-authors on this paper? I certainly did. I had quite a few, actually. So um, my co-authors included the team behind the original PRISM intervention, um, and they're based at Seattle Children's Research Institute, um, and they are Katie Fladabo, and she is joint first author alongside myself, um, as well as Courtney Junkins, Alison Odafa, Abby Rosenberg, and Joyce Fraser. Um, And then also the team at Seattle Children's Hospital, who were the first to recognise the potential value of this intervention in relation to craniofacial conditions, um, and who facilitated and recruited for the study. Um, And they are Carrie Heike, Laura Stuckel and Kelly Evans. Um, So, yeah, quite a few co-authors, lots of people to, uh, to give a nod to there. Brilliant. So what were you looking to find out with this particular research study? Yeah, so we know um, that being born with a craniofacial condition, such as cleft lip or palate, or one of the uh, rarer craniofacial conditions, um, can have a significant impact on the psychological health of the person affected and also um, their family. Um, So, as you know, much of the work we do at CAR um, and with our many fantastic collaborators around the world um, is aimed at developing interventions to improve psychological well-being in the population. Um, But unfortunately, there are currently very few psychological interventions that are supported by a strong evidence base. So we were aware um, of this existing intervention prism and we wanted to see if um, it could be potentially applied to um, the craniofacial population as well. So the aim of this particular study, uh, which was a pilot study, was to just assess really the feasibility and the acceptability of the parent version of the PRISM intervention. So seeing, you know, the extent to which PRISM might meet the needs of the target population and the practicalities of delivering it within the craniofacial setting specifically. We wanted to start with parents because they're really the beginning of the story. Um, So we felt that if we could intervene early with the parents and build their resiliency, then hopefully that would translate to the child as the child grew up. So I'll just make sure that I get this right. But could you just tell us a little bit more about what the promoting resilience in stress management intervention is, please? (laughs) Yes, certainly. So it's PRISM for short, which um, makes it a bit easier. Um, And essentially, it's been developed for use um, in other chronic conditions. And we wanted to find out if it could also be beneficial for families affected by craniofacial conditions. Um, So the PRISM intervention itself has two separate sessions. The first of which is focused on managing stress um, through stress management exercises and goal setting. Um, And the second of which is focused on building resilience. And they do that through the restructuring of unrealistic or negative thoughts um, and also through meaning making. 
So the PRISM intervention is typically delivered um, across two separate one hour sessions and they're delivered one to two weeks apart. And we do that via phone or video conference. There is also a PRISM app which participants have access to um, and also a range of handouts which people can look through um, in between sessions as well. So there's a, a real range of different resources that people can access. So we asked um, parents to complete a baseline demographic questionnaire um, and then we asked them to complete the PRISM interventions and then we asked them to take part in a follow-up structured interview about their experiences of the PRISM intervention once they completed it. So as I mentioned this was a pilot study so we started quite small. Um, we enrolled 12 English-speaking caregivers of children um, under the age of 12 um, but we did lose four to follow up. So we ultimately collected data for eight caregivers, um, six of whom were mothers and two were fathers. Brilliant. And could you give us a summary of your results and what you found, please? Yeah. So we defined feasibility um, as being more than 70 percent of caregivers completing the intervention in full. Um, but because we lost those four participants to follow up, we didn't actually meet that target. But those who did complete the intervention all stated they would recommend PRISM to another parent, which ultimately gave us an acceptability rating of 100 percent. So that was really positive. Um, we also had overwhelmingly positive feedback um, from the interviews as well, um, with participants reporting that they liked the content of the intervention and that they found the skills they'd learned helpful. Also that they liked the session duration um, and also the timing in between sessions um, and that they found the format of um, the intervention being over the phone or over video conference um, very convenient. And they also felt PRISM would be a useful tool if we decided to integrate it into routine care and felt it would be a helpful adjunct to other psychological services. We also talked to participants about how they conceptualised resilience in the context of their child's craniofacial condition, which was really interesting. So participants gave two key definitions of resilience. Um, one focused on the process of persisting. So just this idea of really taking one day at a time and constantly moving forward and striving to improve. Um, and the other one focused on this kind of feeling of capability. So their ability to cope with any challenges and to handle any adversity that came their way. We also asked them about barriers to resilience um, and they stated the key one was uncertainty. So firstly, uncertainty about their child's medical treatment itself um, and second about how having a craniofacial condition would affect their child potentially in the future. And uncertainty was a major source of anxiety and distress for some parents. We did also find some facilitators of resilience, um, and that included feeling very supported by their spouse and by their family, their wider community and also their child's medical team. Um, they also talked about acquiring knowledge, so learning a lot more information about their child's condition, and that kind of made them feel empowered and a bit more in control. Um, and also being able to be proactive and take action when they possibly could, but also to relinquish control when necessary, um, because a lot of their child's treatment wasn't really in their control. Um, so they had to let go sometimes as well. Brilliant. Thanks, Nicola. And what do you think these findings mean? Are there any sort of implications for the future? 
Yeah, so the findings of the study have definitely encouraged us to pursue the PRISM intervention for use with the craniofacial population, um, initially with parents, but I think also potentially with young people and adults with craniofacial conditions as well. I also believe the intervention could be beneficial for people affected by a range of appearance altering conditions, so potentially really useful across the spectrum of what we do at CAR. Uh, one of the other key things we learned was that the ideal time for parents to receive PRISM was shortly after their diagnosis. Um, first of all, because there can be a fairly long period of time between when the diagnosis is given and being put in touch with the specialist team. Um, but also because parents saw this as being the most challenging period of the first year, um, especially if the child needed to spend time in the intensive care unit. Um, so this was a quite unexpected but really helpful finding because not only did it teach us the optimal timing for PRISM, but it also gave us insight into um, why we may have lost those four participants to follow up, because all of those participants were further along in their journey. So we may have just got to them a little bit too late. Finally, I think um, what's really interesting about the PRISM intervention is it's being developed in other areas of healthcare. So the modules um, themselves are quite generic but they can also be adapted and tailored to the population that you're interested in. So I think there's still quite a lot of work to do in terms of um, adapting the PRISM intervention um, to best suit the needs of um, people with craniofacial conditions and their families, and also people affected by a range of appearance altering conditions too. I think we talk quite a lot about those sorts of interventions that are maybe a bit more generic and then yeah. sort of adding on specific elements that relate to whatever population that you're working with. So, yeah, that sounds really positive. Is there anything else that you want to add? I think just a nod to all my collaborators, really, for all their hard work on this project. Um, and with particular thanks to the PRISM team who have supported us to take their intervention forward. So since we always love to hear opinions on food on the podcast, <laughs> I was wondering if you could give me an insight into one of your favourite summer snacks. Yeah, I feel a bit sad answering this question because as I look outside, it's pouring with rain. Um, typical <laughs> yeah, it's July not a great weather day for in it. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I'll, I'll use my imagination. Um, it's definitely strawberries and cream. Um, clotted cream, if possible. Um, and if you throw some meringue in there for good measure, I think that's that's perfection. Oh, yeah. I think I've um, previously made something like that with like pims in the cream. <gasps> Oh, wow. OK, that's I would definitely level. recommend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll give that a try. Thank you. That's not a child friendly version. I'll give that a try. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> and you definitely need sunnier weather for that. Yeah, here's hoping. Thanks, Nicola, for joining us on the podcast this week. It was great to have you. It was really good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Appearance Matters, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. It really does help us a lot. And please tune in next week for our next summer short.